I want you to open your Bible today. Isaiah chapter 61, everyone. Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. We start at verse 1. Because the Lord has anointed me. Hallelujah. He's anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He's sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Father, we're so grateful for your presence in this room and all that you have done. Now we thank you for your word and the power that lies in your word to bring change to our lives. Change us by your word today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So thankful that God is not just my Savior. Although if that's all he did for me, it would be enough. But I found not only a Savior in Christ, I found a healer. <coughs> Jesus is our healer started a series last week that I've entitled Healer. Jesus was anointed to heal. He was sent to heal. And Jesus did heal. Has anybody ever experienced the healing of, of the Lord? Probably most, if not all in the room, on some level have, have been healed. Some significantly healed. Jesus is our healer. He still heals today, by the way. He was an agent of healing, and he is our example, the one that we follow, the one that we are to emulate, be like. And so, we are to be agents of healing. God wants us to actually carry God's healing to sick people. But this is not just about the physically sick. What of those who are emotionally sick? Those who are hurt so deeply, their hearts break, their hearts grieve. Something was done in their past that has left them emotionally damaged. And the scars and the wounds are so deep, they can't seem to move forward from it. Unfortunately, abuse occurs. Unfortunately, vows are broken. People do wrong things. And we get hurt. But God is our healer. Debbie, you know what I'm talking of when I, when I speak of the hurt on the inside. And I've, I've talked with Debbie. Debbie and Trevor are relatively new to our church, but 
what a blessing they are. And I've asked Debbie if she wouldn't mind just taking a few minutes and sharing her testimony of what God has done. Wow, I knew what I was going to say. I spoke in the first service, but after what we just went through, I know what God has planned for La Palma with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He needs to work through all of us. And to do that, he needs to heal what's broken inside of us. And my life was pretty much perfect as of June of 2000. Um, became pregnant after not being able to have a child for 13 years. Was married in ministry. Had an amazing life. And when I was four months pregnant, my husband, my perfect husband, we really had a great life. Came home, gave me an eight-page letter filled with lies of the enemy that he had bought into was committing adultery with a woman half of his age, a baby, basically. It devastated my life, and he changed where the enemy had a grip of him, and I didn't know who he was for five years. Um, when Trevor was 18 months old, it finally just broke apart where he left. Um, I didn't know at that point that there were a set of twins born out of wedlock with this woman. They didn't get married for another five years, I believe. But So my life was over. I didn't want to live anymore. I was four months pregnant. I asked the Lord to give me a reason to live. Trevor kicked. I went, oh, that's the reason I need to live. Because I didn't want to live. I didn't know how I was going to get through. We lost everything. Um, our home, our business, friends, our ministry. Because And I then buried myself in shame, and I went and hid in a corner. And I thought my life was over. I knew that he had called me to minister to help people. But the enemy is very crafty but i'm not here to talk about him i'm here to glorify god Amen. that what he can do when you turn your life and your pain over to him so i had to get to the point where i worshiped whenever i could i was out in a desert season living living in marietta with a friend who took us in because we moved five times in less than two years it's pretty um it put a lot on you when you have a baby trevor was five at this point my life was still horribly horribly a mess i was depressed I was broken. I was wounded. My heart was in a million pieces and never thought that Trevor and I would account to anything, even though I knew in my womb I had a promise over his preaching, over the anointing on his life and what he was going to do. But I couldn't see through the anger, the resentment, and the bitterness of what Jeff had done to me and my son, his son. He wasn't in his life at this point. He would come in and out, in and out, but that's a whole other story. So what happened was I had to... I always said, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. And you know what? You need to forgive. And sometimes it starts with your voice. But then it gets to the point where it has to become real. And that took five years for me. I'm not going to, you know, if someone gets up and says that, oh, yeah, I forgive and everything was great in a year or even a day, they're probably lying and putting on that Christian um, mask. So it was really, really bad. I was angry. I was getting angry over things that didn't even matter. And the Lord showed me the condition of my heart. And even though I had forgiven, he showed me very clearly that I was like Jonah sitting on the hill waiting for God to destroy Jeff and this family. That was ugly, but it was the truth. But that's how I felt. So I can't minister to people, especially women who've been through stuff like this, and tell them, oh, it's going to be okay if I don't tell you a little bit of the process. And you're going to go through pain, anger, depression, hurt. But I got to the point where I could forgive him and really forgive him and bless him and it kind of all came full circle yesterday for me. I didn't share this earlier, but I think because of it's a different move right now where Pastor Steve was praying for ministers. Well, I had given up on the call in my life. Well, I know that I have a gift of encouragement. I know that I can pray for people and they're going to get healed of broken hearts. 
so the enemy tried to keep that down. But what's really important is I know the call in my son's life. I've known it since he was in my womb. And I've seen it year after year after year. Yesterday as I was preparing, Lord, what do you want me to share tomorrow? I was in the past when I would go back. There was so much pain. But there was no pain. There was so much joy of what God did for me through the process. He's there every step of the way. And it may not feel like it. But as I was preparing and I was at the kitchen counter, my son was at the kitchen table preparing his sermon because he's preaching next week at the ACE convention. The anointing hit the house and the anointing flew through him because perfect love cast out all fear and the love of God. So as a parent, if you're holding on to stuff, you owe it to your children to release it and set it free because if I did it, he wouldn't be who he was. I would have transferred that pain to him, but instead the love of God came through our kitchen yesterday and the anointing was there. So just listen to what Pastor Steve has to say today and release it. Release it at this altar or anywhere you need to. My God. Wow. lot of hurt. Some hurt we can see. Most we don't see. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes this morning. It's still, it's still morning. And I didn't change my clock, really. My watch hasn't changed, so I got another hour of morning, really. <laughs> Boom! I'm going to take my watch off. No, I'm not going to be long. I really won't. God's already done some amazing things. I want to talk to you about inner healing. Write it down. Let me just give you some, some quick notes. Uh, some four, four steps for you to receive healing on the inside. I'm talking about your heart that's broken. Your, your mind that just won't, won't shut down, won't shut up. It keeps you stuck. Notice what the anointing is for. The anointing... skipping around in my notes. The anointing is to heal the brokenhearted. The anointing is to proclaim liberty to the captives. The anointing is to open the prison doors to those who are bound. That sounds like people who need emotional healing, inner healing, healing in our thinking. Might be you. I know it's a good many in the room. How do we receive inner healing? We put on a good face. We put on our church face, don't we? We know the lingo. Well, God bless you. Well, praise the Lord, you know. When really we want to just we want to just quit. Really we want to go and let somebody have it. Four steps to your inner healing. Step number 1. Pour out your frustration. In other words, let it go. Let it go. You like that one, Joe? Number one song last year, Let It Go. I was sick of that song. But if you'll just listen beyond that song, you'll hear a truth. We got to get some stuff out of us. You know, the longer you carry your load, the heavier it will become. 
we close down, we shut down, we, we, we internalize. We don't want anybody to know. Some things were very painful. Some things were very shameful. So we just carry it through life. And it just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. The longer you carry your load, the heavier it will become. The longer you internalize your sorrow, the more damage it will do to you and to others. And why in the world are you carrying sorrow anyway when Jesus already carried it? That's what the Bible tells us. Isaiah 53, 4 tells us, Surely he has borne our griefs and what? Carried our sorrows. We don't have to carry sorrow. So get rid of it. Elbow your neighbor and tell him, get rid of it. Come on, get rid of it. Pour it out. Cast it out. Two ways that you can pour out your frustration. First of all, talk to God about it. You might say, well, that's a, that's a given, Pastor. That's kind of one of those duh statements. Duh, yeah, we should talk to God. Then why don't we do that more? Talk to God about your frustration. Do you know God can even handle you being mad at Him? Now, don't stay mad at Him. But I have to be honest, I was mad. I could not believe that this all-powerful God would let my mom die. I don't believe he killed my mom, but he certainly didn't stop her death, and he could have. You wouldn't have found a more faithful woman, and yet I woke up one day and she was gone. I didn't even get to say goodbye. I'm telling you, as a 14-year-old young man, I, I was mad. I didn't like it at all. But thanks to God, I didn't stay mad at him. And I didn't stay stuck. I just kept talking to God. You see, 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us that we can cast our cares or anxieties on the Lord because why? He cares. Oh, thank you, God. We can cast our care, cast our frustration, pour that out on the Lord because He cares for us. So whatever hurt us, God cares about that. Talk to God, talk to other people. Now, as you're writing this down, make an asterisk, make a little note, not everybody. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Sometimes you open the floor for testimony and you don't know what's going to be said. Some things you're not supposed to testify and tell everybody. But I do think there is... There's good counsel and, and, and healing to be found when you can talk out your frustration with the right person. Find a Christian counselor, maybe. I'm not that, by the way. I am more of, I'm your pastor, and so I'm more of a crisis counselor. But I didn't, I didn't go to school to, for counseling. I have no degree in it. I'm no therapist. And I'll know in, in a couple of meetings with, with you if, if we need to find a professional counselor, a good, godly Christian counselor, and I'll try to connect you with that person. And I thank God for good Christian counseling, that you have to keep talking it out. 
you might find your answer through CR. Celebrate recovery. I really thank God for Paul and Gail Vanderwall and the vision that they had to bring this great ministry here to La Palma Christian Center. It has helped so many, and I know it is going to continue to help a whole lot more people. And I understand that one of the things that helps them is they just keep talking. They keep talking out their frustration and their issues, and it brings healing to them. They don't stay stuck. Maybe you could talk to a spiritually strong brother or sister in this room even. You find an accountability partner, somebody that you can confide in, that you can trust, that's not going to air everything. But you need to get out what is in you. Talk to God. Talk to other people. Next, pray for forgiveness. This is critical. Maybe the most important thing that Debbie said was this place of forgiveness. It's hard. Forgiveness is not an easy thing to do, to forgive. Very difficult for some who were wounded so deeply. You didn't do anything wrong. Forgiveness has great, great power. Do you know that? Don't ever minimize the power that forgiveness has. I think this is what the anointing, in fact, this is the word that came, the interpretation part of that was already part of my sermon, which my dad has not heard. He does not know what I was about to preach. He simply spoke what God, what he felt God speaking. But that anointing, God will anoint us to forgive. God will give you the power to forgive. Forgiveness has great, great power. I believe it's what will heal the brokenhearted. It's what will liberate the captives, especially you. If you choose not to forgive, you're the prisoner, not the one that you're holding unforgiveness against. Some people hold unforgiveness to, uh, against someone who's six feet underground. They're not stuck. They're not affected by this. You're the prisoner. Forgiveness has power. Unforgiveness also has power. You see, if we decide forgiveness is a decision and unforgiveness, as these are both decisions. If we decide we're not going to forgive, then anger stays attached to our heart and to our, our thinking, our mind. Do you know what anger turns into after a little while? It really does. It turns into bitterness. And bitter, bitterness is almost impossible to uproot. It goes down into the ground. The Bible talks about a root of bitterness. Bitterness takes hold and it, it just reaches so far. It's like mint. I plant mint. Somebody told me, if you're going to plant mint, plant it in a container. Because if you plant it in the ground, it will just take over the whole area and it'll choke out anything near it. It'll overtake the oregano or whatever else you got near it. And I didn't listen. And I planted mint because I thought, I can, I can handle this, right? 
you know, this mint, I have to just stay on it all the time. And sure enough, it shoots roots down underground and then it just comes up in the middle of another plant. Wanting to overtake that whole plant, which it will unless you keep pulling. And so you think, well, I'm just going to get rid of the whole plant. I've tried that one time. I didn't get rid of it. I just got rid of what was on the surface. See, this is a real good sermon right here if you just listen. Underneath the ground was all of these roots that you can't hardly get it up. You can't hardly get rid of it. I'm talking to you about unforgiveness and the power of unforgiveness. If you don't choose to forgive, that anger will metamorphosize. It will morph into bitterness and you're stuck. You're left ineffective. You're way back here. And God wants you here and beyond. Unforgiveness also has power. We should forgive because, well, it's a mandate. It's, it's actually, we're commanded to give. Did you know that? Colossians 3, 13, bearing with one another. And if, any, if, any, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. You might want to underline the word must. Not optional. Ask God to forgive. Ask God to forgive you. We're praying, praying for forgiveness, so we ask God to forgive us, first of all. As we pray for forgiveness, we need to pray that God will forgive us. You might be saying, wait a minute, have that turn on me. I didn't do anything back here. I was the victim, Pastor. I understand, but if you haven't trusted God through the journey, this happened 10 years ago, this happened 25 years ago, then you need to, you need to repent to God for not trusting Him. If you didn't let it go and anger has grown and maybe even bitterness has come in, that's a sin. So start as we pray for forgiveness, start by asking God to forgive you. By the way, you'll never go wrong asking God to forgive you. And if we confess our sins, what happens? Debbie, Debbie tell us what happens if we, if we confess our sins. This Debbie. Amen. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So as we're praying for forgiveness, start with yourself. Ask God to forgive you. Then ask God to help you forgive others. How many will just be honest this today and say, you know, I, I find it hard to forgive sometimes. Thank you. Thank you. Miss Nikki, really? I can't hardly believe that. I love that you raised your hand. It is hard sometimes. Somebody takes your parking place. Are you kidding me? Uh, then they see my turn signal on. Then they zipped in there anyhow. <laughs> God will help us. I, I love God will give us the grace we need. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. That you're going to give us the grace that we need. To forgive. You won't be able to conjure this. 
You can't muster this. You can't create this. I'm telling you, you have to trust God. Ask God to help you, to give you that. He will. He'll give you the forgiveness that you need. So we pray for forgiveness, and then we have to practice it. You've got to practice forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't a one-time experience at an altar. Debbie said in the first service she, she had a breakthrough at the altar, and for 30 minutes she was praying about forgiveness, praying for forgiveness, offering forgiveness. She felt like a, a release came, and forgiveness came, and healing came. But you know, do you know that unforgiveness, anger, and bitterness they are crouched right outside the spiritual door waiting to reattach to you. Because you can just start thinking about it. And if you think about it long enough, you can get real worked up. You can get real lathered up again. You can get downright mad again. And you can go right back to stuck. So you have to actually practice forgiveness. You know, they say practice makes what? I don't believe it. I say it like this. Practice makes a pattern. It won't make the thing perfect, no. But there is a point here. If we will just practice forgiveness, we will develop a pattern of forgiving. I'm so glad that God forgave me. Aren't you glad that God forgave you? Come on, somebody. I mean, think about it. No matter who we are, no matter how far back we were, we were all sinners. We all needed His grace to forgive us. And we asked God to forgive us. And what did He do? He forgave us. So we must also forgive others. We need to develop a pattern of forgiving. Because guess what? Somebody else is going to cut you off. Somebody else is going to offend you. Somebody else is going to flip you the bird when you, when you go around them on the 405. I'm just telling you right now. You need to develop a pattern of forgiving. Do it often and do it quickly. God help us to be the people that just understand forgiveness. Do it quickly. Do it often. Make a pattern and practice this pattern of forgiveness. I'm kind of flying through up here, guys. Thank you for following me. Number four, and let me close this. We pour out our frustration. We pray for forgiveness, that God would forgive us, that He would help us to forgive others. And then we just, we're daily going to, to forgive. We're going to pray that God would help us. We develop this pattern of forgiving. Then we press forward. Come on, somebody. Just say, I'm going to press forward. Come on, Reuben. I'm going to press forward, buddy. I want you to press forward. Al, I want you to press forward, my friend. I love this man. I'm just getting to know him. But I feel connection to him. I want you to press forward, and I want to help you do it, man. Amen? I don't know what God's got up his sleeve with connecting us. Two bald men, one with brown skin, one with light skin. But isn't that awesome? I like that we can talk about our skin color here. I like that you're different than I am. I like Yosinic, I like the tattoo on your arm, sis. You don't offend me at all. She just came in like she was and let God God deal with our hearts. Oh, I'm
I'm way off, off track. I better get back in my notes. I don't want you to stay stuck. I want you to press, press. You'll have to fight. You'll have to elbow your way sometimes to get to today and not stay in yesterday. Philippians 3, don't close your Bible yet. I know we got musicians coming. That means I can shut my Bible. <laughs> you you got to just follow the notes right to the end because it's so good. Philippians 3, 13 and 14, the Apostle Paul said, Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it on my own, but one thing I do. Somebody say one thing. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. And I love verse 14. He said, I press. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Determine in your heart today I'm not going to stay stuck. I'm going to forgive I'm going to practice forgiveness, and I'm pressing forward to the future that God has for me, to the destiny that God has for me. Forget the past. Somebody wave to the past. Come on, just say bye-bye to the past. Forget the past. Now, when, it, when he says forget the past, that doesn't mean you wake up one day and you go, I don't remember, I don't remember being molested. Oh, believe me, if you were molested, you'll remember it the rest of your life. Unfortunately, we can't forget these moments. Oh, I don't remember the bitter divorce that we went through. Oh, thank you, God. No, that's not what it's talking about. I think he's just saying, forget that. Don't focus on that. Don't stay there. Focus on now. Look what God just did right here today. I mean, right in this room. We saw God pour out his spirit. I don't want to stay focused on the past and miss what God wants to do today. Never mind the future. I strain toward that prize. You've got to press toward the prize. Forget the past. Reach for the future. Every head bowed in this room. If you need inner healing, I want you to stand. And I want you to make your way to this front. You need healing on the inside. There was a situation perhaps that occurred. Things were done. Things were said. It's your day. It's your day. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Hallelujah. That's right. Just press right on up. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's a new season. It's a new brand new day. Now lift your hands and say, I let go. Come on, just release. You got to release. You got to let this go. God, I release this. I release my hurt. I release the pain. I release the disappointment. It's a new season, and it's coming to I wonder if everybody could stand. Church, I want your help today. 
Yes, it's 20 after 12. If you need to go and get lunch, you've got a lunch appointment. If you've got an appointment at all, you are, you are dismissed. I understand. Please slip right out. But for those who could hang just another probably 10 minutes, we got some people who really need our prayers. They're going to press, but I'm going to pull. See what I'm saying? They're, they're struggling to, to get past the past. Maybe I could pull them a little bit, see? Maybe you could help them a little bit. You're not staying in your past. Are you kidding me? I'm going to pull you just a little bit, sis. You're so awesome. You are so awesome. I love you. I wonder if you'd come and help me. Get me some men to pray with men and some ladies to pray with ladies. There's healing that needs to occur on the inside. I'm not asking you to counsel them and what, what do you need today? This is not really that kind of a prayer. All I want you to do is just pray with them. Just pray with them. Your ladder will be greater than your past. Uh, you will be blessed more than you could have. Despite all that has been done, your best. of hurt.
Come on, pour out your heart. Pour it all out. You don't have to carry that another day. My God. Pour out your frustration. Pour out your disappointment. Pour out your discouragement. A new anointing is coming on you today. Hallelujah. A new anointing is coming on you today. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, that you take the fragments and the pieces. Pour it all out. Pour it all out. We pour out our hearts to you today, God. Thank you, God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the work that you've done today. God, we thank you for bringing your spirit here. God, to, for working inside of all of us. Lord, for drawing us closer to you. Now, Lord, it's my prayer that you would continue to work in us. God, to help us to release. To help us to give to you what you were meant to bear and we were not. Father God, forgive us for keeping things from you. Lord, forgive us for our unforgiveness. And God, help us to forgive those in our lives. Jesus, I pray that you'd be honored. And Lord, that you'd be with us as we go. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming out.